Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is community. I am Tom Brown, and your host today, Billy Thrall. Thank you, Tom Brown, in that nice pre-recorded intro. I sound like I'm being introduced for a basketball game. I am Billy Thrall with Movement Day Arizona, and this is Koinonia Faith Talk 1360. Appreciate Tom letting me have a weekly opportunity to do one of my favorite things, and that is talk about what God's doing in our city. And the way that I most see that happening is through really great people that he has brought here. So that's why it's fun to have Mr. Darnell Cooper in the studio with me. Hello, Darnell. Hey, Billy. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so Darnell, uh, we met not that long ago, but he's just one of those people that I, as I just said, I'm so glad God brought you here. So glad you, Phoenix is where you've landed. And we'll talk about that story and what you do. But I... I don't know why God just keeps blessing us with cool stuff. And you're one of those things. So we'll talk about the ministries you do, but I'm really glad you landed here. Too bad I didn't get to connect with you Friday night, but (laughs) (laughs) tried to find you. I don't know where you were. Yeah, I was probably doing something. (laughs) Which you always are. So uh, the context for this show, um, I am currently doing Movement Day Arizona, but it's the same thing we're all trying to do. And that is, how can the church be most effective? united to serve the least of among us. And so my concept for having this weekly show, thank you, Tom, is who's out doing that? Who are the frontline ministers, pastors, leaders that are doing that kind of work? Maybe you're listening and you go, well, that, that's not me. I go, no, it is. There's no, there's no second string in Jesus's economy. We're all on that front line. So if you're a school teacher, thank you for what you do teaching school. If you run a company, thank you for what you do. And I like to just have a platform, an hour every week, to bring you guys in the studio, whoever you are, talk about what you do, maybe as a blessing to other people to hear what's happening, but also uh, encourage people who may be just sitting there going, that's not for me, because it's all we're all in. This is a, a game we can all participate in. So this is Darnell Cooper. Hello. Uh, Darnell, a little bit of who you are in this first segment, and then we'll just drill into a little more of your story and what you do. What are you doing right now? Oh, okay. So I'm Darnell. Um, right now, Billy, I am doing a housing project uh, called Sadie's Housing. And what we do is we take houses and we make them affordable for families. So um we're working on this house in uh, Chandler right now, which uh, we it has fire damage. So what I'm trying to do is just create jobs for guys that can't find work and we have them remodel this home. And at the end, what we will do is hopefully teach them a trade, but also move a family, a refugee family in uh, affordable living. All of our rent is five to $600, no matter the size of the home. So right now that is what I am busy with. So this guy who I'm sitting with in the studio folks does more things <laughs> more things, more different cool things in our city than you can possibly imagine. So here he is telling me right now, first time I've heard this, yeah, we're going to remodel this burned down house and get guys to work so we can put a refugee family in. I go, perfect. What were you working on last month? We'll get to that because I, I want you to talk about affordable Christmas. Okay. But one of the things I do love about you is there's, there's no no in you. <laughs> there's always maybe and yes. 
I mean, there's no, there's not a no in Jesus. So <laughs> I wondered where you got it. So appreciate you being in here. Um, this is Darnell Cooper. We're going to spend the next hour talking about his own life, how God's been a part of his story, and then how he's used that to motivate others to follow Christ and make a difference in our community. I'm glad he's in Phoenix. Hope you, the listener, are glad as well. I am Billy Thrall. This is Koinonia here on Faith Talk 1360. Our goal, our mission is that when you listen in this next hour, you get a little more of Jesus. Get fired up for what God's doing in your own life and in our community. So we got to take a break. When we come back, a little more Darnell Cooper. Back in just a minute. this music out is it you <laughs> welcome back to koinonia here on faith talk 1360 i'm billy thrall with movement day arizona sitting with my friend darnell cooper i'm not going to put a title on you because that would be impossible you wear so many different hats you do so many different things that i don't want to put you in a box but one of the things i love about you is that you believe god for your own life and you keep saying yes to him and watching God do amazing things. You mentioned in the opening, taking a house in Chandler, got fire damage. Well, let's get some guys to work. We'll fix it up, and then we'll let a refugee family live there. I'm like, perfect. But how'd you get into this? I, I would this this segment, Darnell, a little of your story. Where'd you come from? How'd you end up listening to Jesus? Oh, I come from St. Louis, Missouri. So it's funny when you say, how did I get into housing? Growing up, uh, we lived in a neighborhood. Family was there for about 40-plus years, and we seen it gentrify. What does so, that mean? What does that mean for somebody who doesn't know that word? So gentrification is is the process of moving into, like, a lower-income neighborhood and building it for middle-class standards. So, um, so a distressed neighborhood is sort of— moves into upper, kind of re-urbanizes like some downtowns are doing, including Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix, for instance, uh, Grand Park area, um, Garfield area. Happens in a lot of the major cities right now. So you grew up in that kind of community in St. Louis. Yeah, so seeing that, I really didn't understand it as a kid. And as I got older, I left home uh, to play football and always went back to the question, like, what am I going to do for people who are losing homes and don't know where they're going to go. They're just pushed further south or north or just away from really their comfort zone. So I got into real estate, uh, went to real estate school and started to really learn about um, housing development and affordable housing. And me and a good friend of mine, Danae Pierre, we started uh, Sadie's Housing. And we really wanted to focus on just moving families in that couldn't afford rent but also how can we keep families in that area that are that's gentrifying and really just keep the cultural and like the historic part of that neighborhood which is the families and just their spirits and everything so so that's the housing piece mm-hmm. your story you grew up what was your family like growing up what was the stuff you were liking to do were you always a church kid 
uh, my my grandma, they were big on church. I come from a Baptist background. Uh, growing up, I really didn't attend church. I used to just go to camps because mom wanted me to get out the house. <laughs> and um, I would say about at the age of 17 is really when God, I seen Christ. We used to have these guys walking around our neighborhood um, who, I have a funny story about that. My granddad was um, really big on just keeping things inside and not really trusting people. So there's this group of guys, they used to, uh, these group of guys used to walk around and they used to ask us every day, like, do you know who Jesus is? So my granddad one day, these guys walk up and he, and they're like, hey, do you know Christ? And he goes, Christ doesn't live here. I'm the devil. Get off my front porch. And I remember we were just laughing at that. Right. So um, next day, the guys just kept coming and one of the, this guy named Darren Jackson, he walked up. He was about maybe two or three years older than me. I was 17. And he asked me, like, what do you know about Jesus? And I was like, I don't really know, man. I don't care. I'm I'm 17. I'm, I'm going to play football. football. Yeah, yeah, I just want to play football. And he just drilled into me that, that entire summer. I graduated from high school. Um, and one of my friends, they were murdered. And these guys were walking and they were praying. And he asked me if I wanted to walk and pray. And I said yes. My granddad was with me, which was really surprising. <laughs> but we were walking, and um, they stopped where my friend, where he was murdered. Mm. And there was, like, you can see his blood just still mm. stained on a tree. And the guy looked at me, and he goes, hey, you want to pray? I'm like, no, man. I don't... You were just asking me, did I know who Christ was three days ago? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and so he just pushed me to pray, and I just talked to God and it was like a a weird prayer because I was talking about like, God, like, why do you let us hurt? Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, literally like, God, I hate you. And they were okay with that. Mm-hmm. And so I will say that's the first time I experienced Christ mm-hmm. was just through their just patience and love for me, even though I was like talking bad on, on their God. Mm-hmm. And I started going to Bible study after that and spent the entire summer uh, before I came to Arizona, I spent that entire summer just learning who God was and reading and just challenging myself. And it was it was difficult at times because of everything that was around us. You know, uh, my family, most of them weren't Christians. They uh, didn't really believe in a white Jesus. Mm. And so it was difficult. I don't either, by the way. So <laughs> we're the same on that. I'm pretty sure he was Jewish. <laughs> yeah, From the so, Middle East, yeah. So they were just on me, and luckily God just kept his hand on my life, and now I'm here. Uh, you missed some pieces, but I'll come back and help you. So this is Darnell Cooper, uh, a pastor, leader, I don't know, frontline minister here in Phoenix. I'm Billy Thrall. This is Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360. <clears throat> so you kind of hear about Jesus, get mentored that year of your seven, year 17. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of family support. I don't know if you have siblings and where all that is in there, but then you go, you go to play football. Kind of football is your religion. So yes. talk about that season of your life. Well, um, I had bad grades in high school. I uh, went to Minnesota on a scholarship, and they ended up sending me to a junior college to play to get my grades up. And that's where I decided to go to Phoenix College here in Arizona. I go to Phoenix College first semester. Uh, this is a spring semester. 
2011, I go there and new Christian about, I would say four or five months of being a Christian. And I slipped back into like girls and just doing all these crazy things. And uh, my friend that was really pushing me about like, you need to find out who Christ is. He introduced me to Roosevelt community church. And uh, I went to church and I met a group of uh, young girls that, that were there and they were asking me. They were smart. That's a good strategy on their <laughs> part. <laughs> yeah. So they asked me to come in, uh, help, um, build like an office for, for their brother-in-law, which was the pastor of the church, Vermont. And we were like, okay, these are pretty girls. We're just going to go. <laughs> so me and my uh, friends, we went and that's where I met Danae actually. Okay. Danae is Vermont's wife. Yeah. She's, also a pastor and leader in downtown Phoenix, right? Yeah, so she she's like building this house slash apartment in their backyard. And uh, so my friends are like, man, you're tripping. Like, we're, we've been here for 10 hours helping her. And we just decided to stay all night. So throughout the entire week, we were uh, helping make this happen for her husband. And it was a funny story. She gets she gets so upset when I tell this story, but she fed us uh, chicken and watermelon every day. Come on, <laughs> was she not thinking? And my my friends, they were like, "Oh man, she's racist, and we can't." Come on, Danae. <laughs> and so yeah, so we just stayed, and she really oh drilled God. me on just my uh, faith. I was telling her I was a new Christian, and so she was texting me every day Bible verses, and we went through the surge book together, and I developed a relationship with their family. Mm -hmm. And so I was here, and for about six months I was here, and I decided to walk away from football. Mm -hmm. And I got so much, like, backlash and Mm -hmm. scrutiny for that. And my family was, they were saying I was in a cult, Mm -hmm. And that I was tripping, you need to, that's what you went out there for, you need to make it to the NFL. And I walked away, and the next year, my sister was murdered. Oh, man. So I ended up going back home for that year. And that really, like, shook me also, mm-hmm. just my faith in trying to trust God through all of that. And so I decided to play football again, and I moved to California and played football out in Fresno and Played there for a couple of years, got a full ride scholarship to play uh, out in Missouri, which is back home. And, you know, I just felt like life was going right. Right. You know, and just got back into I wasn't really in a Christian community. So I got back into just girls and doing all these these crazy things and going to Vegas and partying and just not living for Christ. And one day uh, a girl, she drug me and I remember driving back to school and I was driving down a main campus road and I just closed my eyes and I told God that I didn't want to live I just didn't feel like I was a part of him anymore and I just closed my eyes and I was driving and during that time I had a call from Vermont and he's asking me is everything okay which is so weird and Danae calls me and she's like, hey, you need to leave school. And I was like, I already did this. Before. I already left football once. Like, are you, do you want my family to kill me? Like, why would God give me 
football back if, you know, if he didn't want me to go and just, you know, try that. And she told me, which I always remember she told me, she said, you have to chop off your arm if you want to follow Christ. And I told her I was going to pray about it. I prayed when we got off the phone and literally 10 minutes later, um, one of my friends who is Muslim, he walks in and he goes, hey, I'm going to California tomorrow. I mean, I'm going to Arizona tomorrow. Do you want to go with me? So I took this, took that as my sign. And that was a year and a half ago. And um, now you're a minister, a pastor. We got to take a break. I want to hear more of this story. I love it. You're listening to Darnell Cooper. I'm Billy Thrall here on Koinonia Faith Talk 1360. Thanks for sharing, Darnell. We're going to talk some more about kind of how God has rescued you, but how you're not just holding on to that. You're using that to bless others in our community and be a light in some of the communities that others are not paying attention to. Thanks for being honest about your journey, by the way, and uh, appreciate you. We got to take a little break. When we come back, a little bit more about what God's doing in Darnell's life and in our city. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to Koinonia here on Faith Talk 1360. I am Billy Thrall. I do a thing called Movement Day Arizona. The goal is to get church and faith leaders together so we can be more effective serving the most vulnerable among us. That's what I do. And I'm sitting with Darnell Cooper, and that's kind of what he does. But he has a lot of different hats and titles. If you didn't catch the, the section, the segment right before that break... An amazing faith story, an amazing personal journey, a lot of family tragedy, a lot of personal pain, and yet God just keeps pulling you and rescuing you. I know Vermont and Denae Pierre have been a huge piece of that for your life, but thanks for sharing all that piece. Um, didn't you tell me something about when you decided to quit football the second time, you had to call your mom? I did, I did. Now, your mom was thinking football was the ticket, right? Yes. <laughs> and how did she respond to that? Uh, it was a really, I was very shocked by her response. Uh, she told me to trust in God and whatever I feel in my heart, just do it. Wow. And that, that was part of the, that's part of God. It is. She thought it for is. sure she would have said, stay in school, it's your, you know, football's your, your way yeah, out. Yeah, she, I think at that point she could really feel that I was serious, you know, with my faith and. She just supported supported me, so I thank and love her for that. Because so, if Mama said no, I wouldn't. <laughs> You'd I still be playing yeah. football. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> With those guys that were just in the bowl game, is all your buddies. Yeah. Um, so you've been here a year and a half. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about some of the great ministries that you've created. And we've been on and off back and forth for the last few years, but now really here a year and a half. But before I get to that, what are some of the things that drive you? You know, you wake up every day and you go, why do you want to do another day of this? What are some of the, maybe the scriptures or things people have told you? What are some of the passions of your life that have you do the work you do? 
I would say people. I know it sounds weird, but just seeing um, the hurt in people. You know, I always had like this fixation on why do people hurt? Like, why do we feel a certain way? You know, and I always pray for understanding. And so any situation that I am, that I am put in, I put myself in that, in that person's shoes and I just want to help them. So just one of my passions is always going to be helping and loving people in a way that they witness Christ the same way I did. So I would say that is a big. Where do you get, how do you get resourced? Like you, you know, we, we might all say, boy, we just love people, but you actually do stuff. So where do you get the money to refurbish a house and pay guys? Where do you get the money for your Christmas project? But I, how does this happen? <laughs> I, pr- I, I literally, I, I wake up and I pray every day for favor. Awesome. And I ask God that he puts me in situations where I can do his work, but be very effective in doing his work. So I literally just put all my trust and faith in God and he opens doors all the time. You do have the Lord's favor. I want to talk about Affordable Christmas because it is one of the coolest stories. We just had it, so it was last month. But what, you do a thing now called Affordable Christmas that has a life of its own. It does. What was the idea behind it, and what is it? <laughs> so Affordable Christmas is a shopping experience for low-income families. And what we do is we uh, fundraise, and we get brand-new toys donated to us. And we set up the store, like we set up a store in community centers and churches, and we make everything a tenth of their price. So a $100 gift will be $10, a $300 gift is $30 in our store, and we invite the community to come out and shop. And so the thought behind that really was how can we get the church to love and just love and be a part of their community. And so we do that by cre- uh, creating a store and putting it in a church, and we invite the family to come out and shop. But a part of the shopping experience is also just living and relating to people in the church and people in the community. So we take them through uh, three processes, which the first one is personal shopping, so the family comes in, they they come they come in they sign in and we set them up with a church member who will eat a meal with them and during that time we really just want you to just talk and just get to know each other get to know each other be family uh, and then we take them through the shopping process and that personal shopper will take you through each room where you would shop for your kids and we also have like Car- this year we had a carnival for the kids, and while you're shopping, your kids are at this carnival winning prizes and playing with the kids from the church and with our community, and then we gift wrap all the presents. And this year was amazing. We were able to serve 1,300 kids all together. Unbelievable. Over 400 families. And so um, I would say... My vision with that is to just really love people because I know that the best gift that they can have is Christ. Mm. And they experience Christ through us, mm. through our personal shoppers, through our gift wrappers, through our people that are serving food, through the 
the guys and the women that are uh, over the kids station and through the people that are signing you in. We want everyone just to show people Christ and do that by loving and just building a relationship with them. So that's Darnell Cooper. Right now we're talking about one of his ministries. It's called Affordable Christmas, and we we just missed it for 2016, but let's revisit it for 2017 coming up when we we'll have you back on and talk about that. <clears throat> what a cool idea. So you have low-income families that would love to not just be given a free present, but to actually have the dignity of shopping for their families. Yes. So that was part of what you created. But then you engage the local church. So it's local church members are volunteering. Local church members are befriending, maybe getting to know the story. So everyone's sort of benefiting from these relationships. And then the kids are having a blast. I mean, you know, lots of times we talk about um, breaking the cycle of poverty, and we don't want to enable the parents. But the truth is, kids just want to be kids. And to get to go to a carnival and win some prizes and actually get a present mom and dad bought for them, Mm -hmm. what a gift. What a cool vision. So that's called Affordable Christmas, and you just got done doing that. 1,300 presents? Yes, 1,300 kids. We had over uh, 4,500 presents donated. Wow. How did people get those presents to you? Uh, so what we did, it was, it was a, <laughs> that was a lot. I had, to, I, had to carry, I had to carry a lot of presents. <laughs> did you buy a U-Haul truck? <laughs> yes, we did. And so we, uh, a lot of comp- uh, businesses and churches, um, nonprofits, they, a lot of people came together and made this happen. Mm-hmm. So I will say that's a, another, uh, beautiful mm-hmm. thing about this is seeing churches work together and, uh, nonprofits work together to make this happen. Um, that's something that we, even with, with what Movement Day is doing, is bringing everyone together to figure out yeah. just the issues in the city. And Affordable Christmas did that. We all came together and were able to donate forty five hundred gifts and unbelievable. So I was that was a <laughs> that was big. It, it was it was tiring, but. You know, God really. How many total up. volunteers did you have involved? Over five hundred volunteers. Amazing. You had to kind of train them. Yeah, they had to learn how to be nice and dignified, <laughs> and right. Which a lot of a lot of people they want to help, they just yeah. don't know how. And so we didn't really have to teach them to be nice or to do things a certain way. We literally was just like, hey, just go and love people, mm. love people. Like they're your own family. And you did three locations. Three, yes. And you, we're going to do six. You're hoping to do six this year. Yes, we are. I have a, it might be 10. I have a bunch <laughs> of people talking. I have to choose, but <laughs> I don't like to say no. Which <laughs> I noticed. Which we I, talked about I that. I have people in my corner that Maybe are Maybe and me. yes are the only two <laughs> answers you have available to you. Uh, I love the vision. And, and I don't know if everybody knows this, but some of those gifts went back home too, right? Because <laughs> some of your... People back home like, wait a minute, how about affordable <laughs> Christmas for St. Louis? They have one in St. Louis. Okay, so, there you go. So we were okay. Who runs that one? <laughs> My friend Josh Wilson okay. over at Mission St. Louis. He actually started it. Okay. And the way we changed it out here, we wanted to focus to be around churches. Okay. And he did it with his nonprofit. And he's a great guy, good mentor, a good friend of mine. He's a part of that story of walking with and praying over my friend's uh blood spot and everything so oh that's darnell cooper pastor minister here in town i'm billy thrall with movement day arizona Uh, tell me maybe one of your favorite stories that came out of affordable christmas you know we got a couple minutes till we have another break here just something they just go man that 
that was a highlight for you? Uh, we had a lady that uh, did it. So we started it uh, last year, actually, not 2016, but 15. Okay. And uh, we had a lady that shopped in 2015. Uh, she came, actually, to the 2016 location and volunteered. Nice. And I didn't even know she was coming. She just showed up that day and she was like, hey, I still remember this from last year. And like, it wasn't about the gifts for me. It was about how you guys loved me. And I just want to return that love and be here and serve with you guys. So that was a highlight of, of my nice. day. That's that's what we want to happen. We want people to love and understand each other because it's like two different worlds, you know, Um she didn't really know how to get into our world. Mm. And so I Affordable Christmas did that and she nice. she actually taught people how to do uh the wobble. <laughs> <laughs> so you had some good dancing. Yeah, going had on. Good dancing well, that's a good wedding song, the wobble baby. <laughs> we do it at Hope Fest too, so I know how to do the wobble, believe it or not. It's very yeah, she, she's gross a great when lady. I do it, but that's great. <laughs> um so one of the great things I'm also hearing happens is yes, you're serving these families. But it's a gift to the church. It is. I mean, it's work for you in the church, but it transforms the church culture. And how have some of the people from the churches respond to this? Um, a lot of a lot of churches didn't know that. A lot of churches didn't know that they had the need in their community. Mm. Wow, and that's so, interesting. Uh, in Tempe, they didn't know that right by in, their church yeah, was these two, families three that miles. needed it. We got to take a break. Sorry. No, we'll sorry. come back. That's Darnell <laughs> Cooper with a whole bunch of cool hats serving a lot of parts of our community of Phoenix. I'm Billy Thrall with Movement Day Arizona. This is Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360. When we come back, I want Darnell to talk a little bit more about some other projects he's working on for the next year, kind of unifying the church to serve the underserved in our communities. Hang in there with us. We'll be back right after this break. We are back. That's Darnell Cooper, and I'm Billy Thrall with Movement Day Arizona. This is Quinania on Faith Talk 1360. Thanks, Tom Brown, for letting me host on these Wednesdays. And uh, so, Darnell, great story. Hope you all have heard the journey up to this point. Does a cool thing called Affordable Christmas. Love and seeing people love on each other. What things are you working on for this year? I know he's got it. You always got something going. Uh, so. Uh, right now we're doing uh, Sadie's Housing. So, What is that? Um, it's where we take homes and remodel them, and we make them affordable for families. And this particular home in uh, Chandler will be for refugee families. How do you get money for that? Uh, we, a lot of... A lot of talking. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of meetings. (laughs) Yes. A lot of meetings. But um, trusting God, I think I'm going to always throw it back there. Um, I don't want to, like, glorify myself because I know that I don't do it. It's him. So, If people wanted to help you, so you've got a lot of projects going on. You have Affordable Christmas. You've got this housing project. I'm going to talk about some of the other service ministries you have going on in, in the in the Phoenix area. How do people 
contact you, donate to you? Do they do it through Roosevelt? What's the... I would say through Roosevelt Community Church. Is that the best way? That is the best way. Okay, so, and then they just put memo, put memo, whatever Darnell's doing now. <laughs> we really need to figure that out. It's, <laughs> yes, you do. And <laughs> there's a lot of great ministries here and a lot of people that are doing amazing things. And so... Talk about some of those. What are some? I was going to ask you that question. What are some of the other things that you're helping or serving or are you a part of that really that you are passionate about? Um, this one um, nonprofit called Justice That Works, which is ran by Heather Hamill. Uh, she really focuses on uh, abolishing the prison systems. And so I'm a part of that. And one program that we are trying to create, um, which I'm like thinking and trying just to get the structural <laughs> part finished but uh, we want to create a program where we're going to take guys that are uh, being released from prison take them through a six-week course um, and hopefully pay them $200 a week to go through this course where the first one will be job training and community building a lot of guys uh, suffer from just like being shunned from society and so we want to do a class where we're teaching them about just like community and also like job leadership. And then second class will be financial literature where we will have financial advisor, advisors come in and teach them how basic financial. Yeah. Financial uh, budget, bank account, how to set up a bank account, um, how to spend your money which I'm a big penny pincher. I spend my money as soon as I get it. So I'm actually learning that too. That's a good class for you. It is yeah. great class. Uh, and the third class will be a uh, biblical manhood where we'll have uh, pastors, uh, community leaders come in and teach these guys just their stories and just talk to them and love them and pray with them and just be with them. And at the end of all of it, uh, we're going to set them up with a guaranteed job and, and all that, so. Um, I've got this, you can drill into this as much as you want to, or you can keep on the surface. Uh, These times are challenging and very interesting in our state and in our country. Okay. And is there just some message that resonates in you? Is there something that you would like to communicate? Or you're, you're watching what's happening in our cities, you're watching what's happening on the national landscape. But if you had a talk, you know, if I said, because you do have talks, but... If you had the stage and it was your turn to speak based on what God's told you your whole life and the things you've seen and experienced, <clears throat> excuse me, what do, you, what do you want to say? In other words, what's, what's your heart message in kind of challenging season right now? Uh, I will say, uh, what were you doing in the time where people were hurting and being persecuted, kicked out, and especially in this time where we literally have a guy saying he's going to build a wall. And I remember uh, election night and seeing uh, people cry because they are scared that they don't know what's going to happen in the near future because they are illegal or they have family that, you know, don't have their papers or, you know, so I would say my heart message is where were you at? What were you doing? You know, cause Christ, came from you know he was kicked out he was you know they comes from Nazareth and 
the Bible says whatever came from that Nazareth was no good, mm-hmm. you know. And so, what what were what were you doing when people were going through what they were going through? What what are some of the things you hope people do? If you said, well, okay, so if somebody approached you and said, okay, I, I hear you, and you're asking me what I'm doing, what should I do, Darnell? What should what should those who say we follow Jesus be about? What should we be doing to bring shalom and peace to our city? I mean, that looks a lot of different ways. I will say um, praying, um, loving people. That can be loving the guy, your coworker, that is he hates illegal immigrants, loving and praying for him. It doesn't necessarily have to be, oh, I'm out here building homes for refugees, or I'm out here um, letting people live in my house. You know, it doesn't, it could be things like that, but I would say the most important thing is praying. And I think that is a big, big part of Christianity is actually praying and communicating with God. And he will always show you exactly what you need to do. So I think it looks different for every person. I do think one of the things you and I have talked about is uh, when, when, when the political or the landscape around us just seems too big. Like it's just so complicated. You talked about the the prison issue. We talk about injustice issues. <clears throat> Sometimes we as Christians just want to throw up our hands and go, forget it. It's just too big. Mm-hmm. But you and I have talked about to break that down. And you just mentioned that. Break it down into tiny relationships. How am I treating my coworkers? How am I treating those in my home? How am I treating those that I sit next to in church every Sunday? Yeah. We might not be able to you know, it's not you and I aren't been, haven't been elected to fire. You know, figure out the giant system. But who mm-hmm. are we with every day that we can represent Christ to? Is that kind of what you're referring to? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just you know we're learning together. One we of the are, ideas that are. you and I have talked about is we'll still do big things because we like to do big things. But getting a diverse group of people together for a meal, mm-hmm. no agenda. We're not fundraising. We're not fixing anything. We're not bringing anything with us. But to hear each other's stories, those years that I was at Neighborhood Ministries, uh, I remember lots of people were confused by the immigration issue. Aren't they illegal? And all that kind of language. And I remember, well, I was the pastor of a church, half of whom the people were undocumented. You know, they got brought here as a little child, didn't have the paperwork. And I kept thinking, I don't know what right and wrong is like here, but I do know the people in my church are scared. Yeah. And so getting those kind of demographics that normally aren't sitting by each other together um, and, brings and, some healing. And also uh, not putting your your right, you know, on someone like what you believe and how you see things isn't always it won't be the same as me. You know, I grew up different, different and I learned a different way. So what you think is right might not be right to me. Mm-hmm. And so just looking at it like that, and that's that's why I pray for understanding in everything that I'm doing, because I know that someone is going to go in 100 percent of the time. Someone will do, you know, it differently in a situation. Darnell Cooper, what's what might what's breaking your heart right now? If you were to say, man, sometimes when you get tired, maybe or sad, you just your heart breaks. What what's breaking your heart? What breaks my heart? Um, 
<laughs> Let me see how deep I can get. <laughs> I will say uh, how we treat women in the church. Mm. Wow. That was that's a a big heartbreaker for me. Mm. Because for your own experience, women have been a huge piece of your own personal healing. And they have. They've been mentors, pastors, um, leaders in my life. Mm. And just seeing how in some places they aren't allowed to preach or mm. in some places um, a woman needs to be a woman and sit back, you know? Yeah. And I would say that breaks my heart because I know the true gospel and and what Jesus said and how he lived. So what gives you this makes you laugh? What just <laughs> what just, what just gives you incredible joy? <laughs> uh I will new Christians. Nice. I I had a joy of meeting actually a lot of new believers. And just to see them in that honeymoon stage is what I call it. Yeah. Where they're just so in love with Christ. You know, they're they're figuring out this new God that loves them and cares for them, and that brings a lot of joy to me. Awesome. Uh, Reminds me, my wife and I go to this place to kind of work out sometimes, and one of the employees is a new Christian, Mm -hmm. and he's a sweet guy. His name is Michael. He has a little tiny New Testament that he keeps in his pocket, and when he makes his rounds in the gym, you know, he's supposed to kind of go walk around. He gets out his New Testament. He's just reading his Bible at work. And I know that he's a believer. He knows I'm a believer. And it's like... That's amazing. It's amazing. And he's just like, I can't help it. He goes, I can't get enough of this book. And I agree with you. It's so, <laughs> so joyful and full of Christ. Five years down the line, you're like, man, I forgot to pray today. <laughs> <laughs> he's not forgetting. Like, he's praying all way. I said, are they okay with you doing that at work? He goes, oh, you know, as long as I kind of do my job. That's I love good. that passion. Love I'm it. with you. <laughs> Uh, that's Darnell Cooper. How do people, if they are interested in helping you, serving you, how do they contact you? Uh, email. Okay, what's that? Uh, Darnell Cooper, D-A-R-N-E-L-L, Cooper, 5 at gmail.com. So Darnell Cooper 5 at gmail.com. we got to take one more break. When we come back, we'll kind of close this off. Darnell's the real deal. Jesus has rescued him. He's a light in our city. He's a great friend. It's fun to have a cup of lemonade with. At DeSoto. Uh, We got to take another break. When we come back, we'll close things up. Hope you've been blessed by hearing his heart, how God's using him in our city. This is Quinonia on Faith Talk 1360. I am Billy Thrall with Movement Day Arizona, praying that God will unite his church to serve our city. We'll be back in just a minute. Thank you all for listening. I'm Billy Thrall. This is Quinonia on Faith Talk 1360. Been a blast to have my friend Darnell Cooper in here with me today. You're a gift to our city. I'm glad God moved you here. I'm glad. I'm glad. Thanks to Vermont and Danae for hooking into you really hard and not letting you get away from us. So Yeah. Uh different people will answer answer that differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they stole you. <laughs> uh so we just uh I always feel like, you know, not knowing who's out there, maybe we could spend a minute or so, Darnell, you just, as we close, just pray. Pray for the listener and pray for our city. If you could do that, that would be great. Okay. Um, 
Father God, I just thank you for this time me and Billy had to talk and just grow together, Father God. I pray for whoever is out here listening, Lord. I pray for their hearts and just plead the blood of Jesus over them, Father God, and that they see you in a way that you get all the glory, Father God. I pray for the city of Phoenix, Lord. I pray for our leaders and our pastors, Father God. I pray that they just keep up just being Christ in their communities, Father God, in their neighborhoods, Lord, and that you follow them and I mean, they follow you, Lord, and that you lead them in all that they're doing, Father God. I pray for our communities, Lord, and for just the people that are out here, Father God, seeking a way, Father God, and trying to figure it out, Father God. I pray that they see you, Lord, for who you are, and just pray that we are able to show people Christ, Father God, and we do it in a way, Lord, that you are seen in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Darnell, for being here with me. This has been Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360. I am Billy Thrall doing a thing called Movement Day, really just praying with brothers like Darnell and sisters that God would win the day and win our city back. So thank you for listening. We pray that you've been blessed and that you feel included in what God is doing. Encourage you to engage in a church or in a community group to serve those sitting right next to you. God bless, and we will be with you next week here on Koinonia. Thank you. Thank you.